Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to the team and also let you all know that we are still getting used to our new equipment. So thank you for your patience and thank you for tuning in. We're so excited to get started into this season's discussions and topics. Um, Your support is so important to us. If you could, uh, please subscribe to us on our podcasting platforms and consider leaving us a review after you've listened to a few of our stories this season. Outside of our podcast, you can stay in touch with us on our social media platforms like Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, LinkedIn, um, TikTok, things like that. Head to our website, blackwomencaughtbio.org to learn more about us and to stay in touch. Alrighty, enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Comp Bio Cafe podcast. I'm Janae and I'm joined today by Melissa Nijama. As you all know, we serve an organization called the Black Women in Computational Biology Network. And we have had a pretty eventful 2023. This is our first year as a 501c3 nonprofit, and but we've been around since January 2020. As y'all know, there are also many organizations that started up a little later in 2020 or even in 2019 and before. So we wanted to give a perspective of what this year has been like for us, um, both as an organization and within this ecosystem, sort of a state of BWCB and Comp Bio situation, um, and also an opportunity to just like reflect on the year ahead. And we have so many plans, so many things that we've learned this year, and I just wanted to put this together to share with our community and also with current and future members of, of what's going on. But if you're interested in just you know, who we are, learning a little bit more about us, this is going to be the episode for you. Alrighty, so um, the purpose of BWCB, it's evolved a little bit over the years, but currently our mission is to accelerate opportunity at the intersection of biology, math, and computer science for Black women globally. Um, What that means and what that looks like is a few different things. Obviously, we want to amplify the voices of Black women in the field. We want to provide opportunities and resources. But the purpose of that acceleration piece is to really provide a concentrated and sort of focused environment where all we do is get people to where they need to be. And sometimes where people need to be is, you know, in community with others. Sometimes that looks like sharing a job opportunity. Sometimes it looks like sharing a skill. And so that's what that acceleration of opportunity looks like to me. Also, you know, living in an ecosystem where we, the realities of opportunity gaps and relationship gaps, as our good nation people would put it, are certainly part of how we develop professionally in an environment where underrepresented and minoritized, I would like to say, people don't get the same amount of resources, don't have the same amount of social capital. So this community is sort of an environment that, you know, serves people in just that, this, this community aspect, but also in the, um, you know, the tangible resources aspect. Yeah, I think that's a really good 
some of what the mission and focus of BWCB is. I think when you boil it down, we're a network of Black women in the comp bio field looking to support each other any way we can. So let's dive into some of what we actually do, and then we'll compare that, I guess. You know, we'll use that to sort of extrapolate what we've done this year. So um, we have a leadership team. I want to say we're at 13 people in leadership total, 12 or 13. So two of those people are on our board of directors. Four or five of those people are part of the core team coordinators. Um, Two of those overlap with our officers for our nonprofit, so treasurer and secretaries. And then we have associates who support kind of wrap around everything around that. Um, Core team associates work in different sectors, different teams. Yeah, so I would say overall the leadership team is more matrixy. There's a lot of overlap between the different groups. I lead the programming team, and what we do is pretty much help to plan our events. That's our seminars, podcasts, um, socials, and career panels. Mm -hmm. Next is the professional development team. So professional development and membership, they used to kind of be one, but these are sort of our membership and sort of partnership-focused roles. So professional development focuses more on, obviously, like sharing job opportunities. So members, you'll have access to our Slack and everything in our job posting workflow is run by the professional development team. Um, They also might collaborate with programming to put on, you know, different types of career panels and things like that. Um, But also, if you ever need a resource, you need help finding opportunities, or if you need certain types of connections, we'll work with professional development. Well, you can work with professional development directly to help connect you, get you on the right path. And membership is both in managing all of our membership data. So, you know, from the moment you go on our website and go to our homepage under connect and hit, you know, become a member, everything from that workflow and getting you oriented to the community getting you the resources that you need to thrive and use the platforms to their to their capacity. Um, that's all membership. And also it's, you know, engaging our community. So um, highlighting our members, um, that all comes from membership. You know, staying on top and really knowing what's happening in our community is a major part of that. Um, and again, there's overlap in, you know, sometimes we need to work with professional development. If, you know, an organization or another company comes and hit, says, hey, you know, we're looking for speakers in this area. Can you help us? Um, that's kind of how we interface with that. Communications is just that, you know, newsletters and things happening on our social media. Um, technically, this is a communications arm, but um, it's it's part of how we are outreaching to people. But, you know, anything on our socials and, you know, making sure our message is reaching the right people is part of the communications team. And then we have our secretary who is basically, you know, the glue of the organization in terms of scheduling and keeping our documents in one place. And that's also especially important now that we're a 501c3. We are trying to make things as accessible and open as possible. So also that's kind of part of one of our obligations as a nonprofit, being transparent about things like our funding and our documents and things like that. So that's what secretary also helps with. 
our achievements, though, is just in that having that team this year in, in growing that. You know, at the start of the year, there were just a handful of coordinators who were doing um, everything themselves on top of the strategy. But now we have associates um, who kind of help with the actual implementation of those roles and, you know, really are on the grassroots level of implementing our mission, which I could not be more thankful for. I think that's it's really already made an, an impact and they've only been around for a couple months now. Yeah, I would have to agree. The At the beginning of the year, I feel like we were getting all of our ducks in a row and really kind of putting together what, you know, the vision of BWCB is and kind of reorganizing it to make sure that it's sustainable and in compliance with 5013C. And now that we have the associates, we have the vision that's continuing to be developed. And now that we have that and the associates, we can kind of execute a lot more efficiently on the cool ideas that we have. So one major thing that we didn't even mention is that right around the time we became a 501c3, we received our first grant, the Google Tech Equity Collective Impact Fund. Definitely is a mouthful, but that was our first major grant we applied to in the winter of last year, and we heard around March of this year. So we are part of a cohort of other organizations, mainly companies and even other some some other nonprofits. We're probably the smallest of the bunch, but these other organizations either are working towards workforce development, specifically for Black tech innovators. They're working for towards like programming and training opportunities for people in tech. We are one of the only, we're the only organization that kind of borders the tech and life science space. We're also like one of the only organizations that are such a small like nonprofit and still operating in this sense. So there are other groups there that are doing some really amazing things, raising tons of money to really put forth systems and um, operations towards supporting the next generation of like tech leaders. I think that's what's really exciting to see. And also, Melissa had the opportunity to represent us at the Tech Equity Innovate event in Atlanta. Melissa, do you yeah. want to share more about that? It was a real, first of all, it's just a really cool opportunity to be in the space of the other um, Impact Fund finalists, just to see what their vision is and what they're doing and how they're thinking strategically. And so I was able to see and meet some of them in person at the Tech Innovate event in Atlanta. And that was also just another just revitalizing, seeing so many Black people in the space that are being intentional about spreading the knowledge and helping others develop and grow it was it was really really fun yeah for sure and I think also this this is really helping us to understand sort of the business model aspect of the organization you know how we're continuing to evolve in terms of our infrastructure and how we can think a little bit more sustainably about the future of BWCB all of this is really being supported not only through this Google grant, but through the wraparound support from another organization called Goody Nation, which is providing some of it's providing all of the leadership support. So we we meet quarterly in huddles 
connect with the other finalists, but also we're within this ecosystem of other um, entrepreneurs and founders. Um, have you heard of the hot sauce like Scotch Boys? You can find it in Target. But they're also yeah. like part of this entrepreneur collective, which is really cool. Um, and, and it's been a completely different space for me, right? Like there, there's so many diverse perspectives to learn from, even if, you know, we're such a different organization than a lot of them. I think this opportunity is has really been priceless. So I just looked them up and they're Jamaican, so I have to go by them now. So another thing I wanted to mention is that we, in January of this year, we joined the Cambridge Innovation Center, which is a shared biotech workspace that has both like wet lab and sort of like collaborative co-working spaces for people from many different types of companies. And I think even just being here in Philly, where there is so much biotech activity happening and being able to have access to the resources there, you know, an office space, you know, place to connect with other organizations, even nonprofits, especially some that work specifically in like STEM outreach in the local local area for me has been really, really rewarding. And even they also have like a podcast, like a recording studio there, which in the past has been helpful. And I think for the most part, just being in that space, again, it's all about our environment. I think it's really helped to not only legitimize us, but it's it's literally operating as our office. And it's been a space where I could have meetings with potential collaborators with BWCB. One person has been um, Chad Womack, who, you know, we met here at CSC and um, we ended up being invited to D.C. to celebrate uh, with UNCF. Uh, the life science, the E Just Life Science Society celebration in DC this summer. That's another achievement. Uh, but even that, you know, it's all about building the connections and building the community. And I think BWCB really has so really has built that momentum this year. So these are all, you know, in the first quarter or so of this year, we became 501c3 in March. Then in June. We received a second surprise grant from the Philadelphia Independence Public Media Foundation. And they are a foundation that funds, obviously, public media projects. So it could be short films, podcasts, audio interviewing, and things like that. Any storytelling really is kind of their mission and really trying to amplify diverse voices, not only within Philly, but abroad. And I think, you know, being able to receive that was also huge recognition from something we weren't even expecting, just, you know, it's a discretionary grant that came from someone on their board, Janine Spruill, who I have a great connection with and worked with. And she's executive director for a nonprofit called Little Filmmakers. Um, and I told her, like, you know, hey, you know, I have this. She's just kind of seen me build BWCB since 2020. And I told her, like, hey, yeah, we do this podcast. Um, obviously, she's in, like, you know, different types of filmmaking and audio and things like that and she's like wow that's so cool you're doing all this science stuff and you know phd life but you'll you know you have so many great stories that you could tell with your podcast and sooner or later i got the email from the board she sits on and again like i said all about connections and community and i think 
BWCB is really thriving from all the support we've received this year from so many different backgrounds, you know, not just scientists and, you know, people in, in the tech space, but something that's been really important to us is that interdisciplinary community building. Yeah. So this year we've been able to do a few podcasts and also bring back our live seminars. We had um, a journal club given by two of our members, if, if I'm remembering correctly. We've had seminars and then podcasts. And we also started a um, new members event, just a new members social. So that way we can meet people as they join and get to know them, get to know what they would like to see out of BWCB and how BWCB can support them. Yeah, it, I feel like we've done a lot. I can't even remember all the things we did. I need like a list. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We also had our our biotech series looking getting insights from computational biologists and bioinformaticians in the field in in biotech. And that was a partnership with Bioscribe Genomics, Genentech, and GSK. We had scientists as well as HR representatives um, on the panel. And we had an event where they talked about their science and our members could engage with them. Um, Mm -hmm. We had a networking mixer in June. We recently had a, a seminar in November. Yeah, we had a lot of different kind of events this year. Yeah, I think between the mixer and like the bio, the first biotech panel um, really brought in people from outside the network too. Mm-hmm. Like the the panel was for members, but you know, even starting to incorporate people specifically from our partnerships with other companies and just starting to build those relationships, the Mixer really kind of helped to prime that. And I think that's something we're going to look forward to having more in the future. Um, But also being able, to me, the most rewarding is being able to bring back more of the seminars this past year. Um, Some members that are currently doing some different types of work, I think that is important. Being able to highlight members specifically is something that I really value. And I think even just the the journal clubs and the seminars provided another opportunity to re-engage that way. Yeah, I was just going to add that we had Ruth talk about a mentorship incubation program in Kenya. We had Tigis talk about her work in triple negative breast cancer. And then, was this not last year, Brianna? No, that yes. Was this year. Yeah, July. that was all awesome this year. So yeah, and if you miss these events, don't worry, they're all on our YouTube. So if you search BWCB on YouTube, you'll be able to find us. And we have recordings, anything that we have permission to record, we put that there. Um, so feel free to catch up and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. So you don't miss future postings. Um, And speaking of collaborations and partnerships, we really want to be more intentional about these this year. I think 2020 was a time where, you know, there were all these organizations coming up and there was a lot of enthusiasm um, for organizations like us. 
And then 2021 and 2022 came around and it was crickets. Not as much enthusiasm, not as much participation. And that's just the reality of it. I think something that we are going to be committed to and have been committed to is continuing to hold organizations accountable, especially, you know, all of us are part of all these different larger societies and other communities, even funding entities and companies that are wanting to hold themselves accountable even for their diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. I think that's something that we absolutely will be engaging in and have done so in the last month even. One example is our new partnership with the Festival of Genomics. Um, This is a popular free, by the way, free genomics festival. I think it's the Festival of Genomics and Biodata. Yeah. That happens both in Boston and London. I think at least the Boston one has been around for a couple years, two or three years. The London one is a much larger event, but even Boston is well attended and well regarded. We were contacted to not only provide speakers, so we'll be reaching out to members here soon who could be good speaking candidates, but also to actually have a presence at that conference. So we will, we're excited to report we'll be in Boston for the Festival of Genomics and Biodata, which is June 12th to June 13th. Um, so if you're in the area or if you even are able to travel, there, there's no registration cost for most attendees. I think it's over 90% of the people it's free. So make sure you get your tickets as soon as that opens up and we'll see you in Boston for that. Why is that important to us? One is because we know that when we do go to these larger conferences, right, we are not as numbered in the speaker list or in the speaker lineup. And we really want to change that. We know that we have an opportunity this year, especially preparing for 2024. Now that we're ahead of all these conference planning committees, we want to be there, not just as attendees, but in speaker representation. So that's something we're working toward. Another conference is going to be the Recom 2024 conference also happening in Boston. This is going to take place on April 29th to May 2nd in Cambridge, technically. We'll also be there not only, um, well, so I'll be giving a quick talk at the business meeting, which is super exciting to be able to connect with the other bio people there, Um, but we'll also have a booth at this conference. So again, I think tickets will open up here soon. Get your registration in. It is not free, unfortunately, but I think the cost is relatively accessible. April 29th to May 2nd. Um, And we're also going to be working really hard to either raise enough funds or get as many of our members to this conference as possible. And last but not least, probably the most exciting for me, and I'm really excited for the others too, but I've been going to ISMB now for a couple years. And this next one is going to take place in Montreal. Let's see the dates here. The next one is going to be July 12th to 16th, 2024 in Montreal, Canada. I'm so excited for this because I actually really enjoy the ISMB conferences. I think they're, you know, one of the only opportunities CompBio people get to go to like a big conference. It's not like the ASHG or, you know, the ASH. But um, in recent years, it's been a little bit smaller. You know, they've been recovering. Last year was in Lyon, France, and I actually had a chance to 
meet Sandra there for the first time, one of our members and now on our leadership team. But yeah, we will be here. We'll have a booth at ISMB. Several of our members will be in attendance. And we're also going to um, hopefully get some people in the speaker lineup for 2024. Another thing that Melissa brought up is, you know, we had the chance even this year to go to several conferences, unofficially, sort of, you know, just be in the space. But having those in-person experiences this year was super awesome. The first in-person experience, though, was in D.C., where we had our D.C. meetup with members. And I think we had about eight people in attendance. So that was our first time that we, you know, we're formally meeting people from outside of the internet walls in real life in D.C. for a meetup. And then also we attended the um, EEJF, EEJF Life Science Society, the UNCF ceremony at NAMAC, which is the National Museum of African American History and Culture. That in itself was amazing. Being able to be recognized among those other STEM organizations. So, you know, Black and Chem was there, Black and Physio, Black and Genetics, all the Black Ends are were were present and we were celebrating inside Namak at that, you know, the historic accomplishments that we are making for Black people in the life sciences. That was tremendous. But obviously my my favorite part was seeing our members. That was awesome. The next meetup was again in D.C., right? Oh, no. The next meetup was here in Philly, where I, where I am. So Ijama was there. A few other people in the network were there. Um, we have, obviously, a lot of people at Penn <laughs> in our leadership team, but also who are just in Philly in general. Um, so I really want to work towards building a stronger local community here, you know, even outside of Black women, but people of color in general and Bio. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity here in Philly specifically. So I really want to continue building those networks. And then the next one, we were back in D.C. for ASHG, which is a ginormous conference. How was that for you, Melissa? It was my first time at ASHG and it was definitely overwhelming, but it was so good to um see you again in person and yeah. see others other internet twitter friends that we've met along the way so that was really fun yeah the last time i saw melissa was grad school interview for me when i went to duke and that was 2019 2018 it had to have been 2018 um, and then if you're wanting to learn more about the other conferences our members were at there was abercams there was sfn there was, you know, the Atlanta event. We recently published a blog on our website. If you go to blackwomencompio.org slash blog, you'll be able to find out. We talk not only about our conference experiences, but our call to action for really diversifying the space, not only in the attendees, but in our speakers. So please head to our website to read that, engage, how you can tap in. All right, we're coming to the end here soon. I think I want to wrap up with some challenges, lessons learned, reflections, some observations. I think one important thing to me is, you know, obviously in serving the organization in this particular capacity, I've been so focused on like setting up the foundation and making the foundation strong. But I think something that 
we've reignited this year is actually like listening to what members want and listening to what people find value in. I've been kind of having like my blinders on for a long time, just like, all right, once we get to this stage, once we get to this stage, you know, then I can breathe. That's probably not going to officially come to an extent it has, you know, like there's been so many things on the business side and the legal side and the finance side that we probably won't be able to share publicly for a while. But even just in that, you know, but I think the importance of having people around me and supporting the network who are not me, who can kind of, you know, kind of, you know, bring you back to reality and also um, provide the perspective of what's actually happening on the ground, how people are experiencing the community. That's something that's been important to me. So we relaunched our survey this year. We are in the process of continuing to analyze the results. The purpose of the survey was not only to see how people are interfacing with the network. So, you know, what can we do? What can, how can we better serve them? Um, I really want to get into the space of understanding the lived experience of Black women in computational biology. So I know there's also other organizations out there that help you do like certain focus groups or even research. I want to I want to look into the data. Like I'm interested in seeing how we can not only capture but share the data of what's happening. Why aren't we getting as many opportunities? Why, you know, if there's this big training infrastructure, for instance, in East Africa, there's like this drop off of opportunity after, you know, why is a lot of that training infrastructure connected to the U.S.? And when that's not in the U.S. anymore, if we can't provide support, how do we mitigate that in terms of capacity building? And, you know, so I want to have those conversations just as much as I want to just connect with people and say, hi, how are you doing? Um, so that's that's something that I'm learning in trying to balance, you know, what we can do, but also listening and providing a space for for dialogue. Yeah, I think we can talk about some of the main takeaways of like the survey from what our members want and what we're going to do, what we have plans for next year. And for me, being on the programming side of things, what I saw is that we our members want to be in community more. And so we're hoping to have more just informal social gatherings and virtual and in person at these conferences that we plan to attend. And hopefully from there we can increase the capacity for more just informal um, get togethers. Yeah. And I think going even deeper, like obviously a lot of, so we have over 260 members from over 20 countries currently which is a lot. Most of our members, though, are in the PhD and above stage, but, you know, the, a good chunk of folks are in PhD training or postdoc training or early career in general. One piece of feedback we've gotten is that, you know, a lot of the, the things we do plan do kind of cater towards those folks. And I think that was something really eye-opening for me to know and understand um, because, you know, obviously that's the space that I'm in, I'm thinking that people do want to hear that. And it's not that they don't, but it's all about balance, you know? So, you know, even thinking about the more experienced and seasoned people within our membership, there's so much more that we could be doing and providing the space for that they absolutely need. That's not always going to be about, you know, how to set up your LinkedIn or how to, you know, get this first job. You know, there's so many 
conversations we could be having around leadership development, personal development at, when, when you're more experienced in, you know, staying true to yourself or even just, you know, how just like saying hi to people, you know, not everything has to be a technical workshop or a professional thing. So we are going to be having monthly socials in 2024. I think it's something and they're going to be mostly virtual, but if it's during a month where we're at a conference and we're hoping to meet more people in person, then we'll also have in-person opportunities. So that is something that I think we can easily commit to and something that I think for sure will have a great impact in how people are building community amongst the membership. I want to have more events where we're talking about how these how these other domains use computational biology, right? So not all of us work in genomics. Actually, a good handful of us work in like agriculture, which is something that doesn't get as much shine. So there are a bunch of plant people who are computational biologists. We'd love to talk more to them, you know? Even Black and Marine Science just had a huge, huge conference in person. And there are marine scientists that are doing, you know, like nanopore is being done everywhere. There are marine scientists who could be analyzing like, I don't know, coral genomes or, you know, sea urchin genomes. So where are they and like, what are they doing? That's something I'm excited. I think in terms of a final reflection, I am so, so, so like sitting in January, 2023, I was just a bag of nerves and being now in December, 2023 is insane to think about how far we've come in just 12 months can there speak yeah go ahead go ahead there's there's a lot a lot a lot of behind the scenes stuff that happened in 2023 which is why when you're like Melissa recap the year I'm thinking about all the non-public stuff <laughs> as well and I'm like there's so much happening and so yeah. I feel like a lot of that like you said Janae was really setting up the foundation for a more sustainable organization. Yeah. But becoming 5013C is not um, straightforward, easy at all. We did, by the way, yes, we got our PA charity finalized. So that, even just that, guys, like the amount of mistakes I made, but things we learned from, right? But these lessons at this point, you know, not every lesson is a free lesson. So even in just that and building, building the, I hate this word, I'm going to say anyway, resilience, hate it because it's used against us in a certain way, but like building up that armor this year, I am not the same person that I was in January, 2020. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. And this, this org is not the same org it was in, in 2023 either. And so I feel like we've, We've learned a lot this year. Mistakes were made and they will not be made again. But I, I'm really excited for 2024 because I feel like we are going to be stepping into engaging with our members a lot more. And I'm excited to see how the community build out given those, those different mechanisms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ijama, how about you? What are your final takeaways or even a perspective as a member and now person on the leadership? Yeah, so I just came on the leadership this past November and 
I'm what I'm really excited for is honestly getting to know more Black women computational biologists around me. I think that that is what's literally putting a Grinch smile on my face as I speak this right now. Because I think one thing, you know, science, as much as it's well, it's supposed to be a collaborative space, but I, I think like there's not enough opportunities to really get to know people and actually know how like know how their research journeys or how their story is going or what their career paths are and actually like helping each other like hand in hand Mm -hmm. and I think like this is something that I'm really excited to do and work like to do with one within this community but also to like help in that aspect Mm -hmm. so uh, 2024 is going to be exciting it's going to be a lot of making building great new relationships but also learning more about people and I think like joining the podcasting team is I'm excited not to understand just the stories, but also like the lived experiences behind the stories and the lessons and the things that we can learn with from each other. Mm-hmm. That is, mm, that's just amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I agree. And I think that we are in an amazing space at a super pivotal point to share those stories here or even to just be in a place to exchange them you know in private amongst ourselves so that to me is something that is super exciting and energizing I would say like despite all this behind the scenes stuff that Melissa has been part of and has talked about what keeps me going is what 2024 will look like for sure all right. So, Melissa, what can people look forward to, at least in January, in the near future? So, January, we'll be having our first social on the 12th. We'll have two time slots at 11 a.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be having a goal-setting social. It's going to be very relaxed, very conversational. We're just going to get together, set our 2024 goals together, and hopefully that could be the beginning of us you know, just keeping each other accountable and watching each other grow. For sure. And just remember that you will need to log into your BWCB account if you're a member online to make sure that you can register for that members only event. Thank you so much again, everyone, for your support in 2023. Even before then, I know you have seen many different iterations, you know, experiencing the pandemic. And so just your continued support is so important. I want to thank you for that. We do have, um, there's still time in our giving season campaign to help make a lot of these goals a reality. If you go to blackwomencompbio.org slash donate, you'll be able to learn more about our workshop fund, our travel fund, and our honorarium fund. <laughs> the honorarium fund helps to support the Black and Cotton Bio speakers that are going to be podcast interviews or seminars. The travel fund helps us to really make the impact we want with bringing more of our members to conferences, giving them more in-person experiences at these events and meetings. And the workshop fund helps to support members that are looking for different types of upskilling opportunities. So this could be anything from, you know, 
your first coding class or people who are more experienced could be looking for like leadership and development classes. We really want to support that and kind of bridge the gap um, for people who don't who might not have access to those resources. So if you want to support and if you can support, we really ask you to do that at blackwomenconbio.org slash donate. Um, there are other ways, though, you can support us by following us on social media. Um, we're now on the TikTok and I think Blue Sky. So we are branching out and getting, you know, settling our, play, our, our roots in things outside of Twitter. Of course, our podcast is definitely we're going to see more activity there. So please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us and give us a rating. I know that helps. And then finally, our, our YouTube is where you'll see maybe some of the visual components of this and our Instagram, uh, for sure, you'll see more of the visual aspects of this. But thank you everyone for your support and we'll hope to see you in 2024 and we will. So. The Kanbio Cafe podcast is brought to you by Ijama Miramiku, Melissa Minto, and Janae Adams. Learn more about us at blackwomenkanbio.org and also tap into ways that you can become a member or a supporter today. Thank you for listening. Thank you.